make it uncomfortable. Compete every day, man. His spirit, I find it hard to be matched. Toughness, enthusiasm. All right, nice long, awkward pause there. <laughs> Not sure who is going to talk first, so I'll take the reins this time. You know, it's 32. Jump here, kind of asleep at the wheel. I'm kind of in a daze because the Lions have won a football game. I don't even know what to do with myself. This has been a great week of football. Nothing's gone wrong. All of our teams won, right? Isn't that right, Alex? Yeah. Uh, well, I could have just edited out that awkward pause and could have just continued like nothing happened, but – uh, instead, just acknowledge the awkwardness, and I'll just leave it in there for, for everybody. Yeah, we just well, we just we embrace things as they are. We we give it to you straight here on Pro Football Jokes. Uh, we don't mess around. Uh, we just want you to. I'd say just want, fire. We the want intern. you to feel like you're part of the team. <laughs> hey, it's less work if we leave it in there. <laughs> True, it is a little difficult, more difficult to edit the podcast uh, with my uh, broken hand. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is a tough time. So again, I'm 32. Uh, Jump himself. We got Alex the freaking beast on here. We have the unpaid. Got to clarify again, that is unpaid intern Reap here. And the man that is supporting the top two defense in the league. We have uh, screwballs himself here. Yeah. <laughs> so we got a good pod. We got the four of us. Uh, Alex, you want to go ahead and tell the people what, uh, what we'll be doing. This format's going to be a little bit different than we've done in the past. Yeah, so, I mean, this week, uh, I know you've all been waiting for it. It's the big debate, the pro football jokes debate. So we're going to do a a debate-style podcast here. Uh, We'll take some turns here uh, between – well, each of us will have have, uh, at least one debate between uh, us and one of the other members, and obviously uh, I'll win all of them and – Wait, did 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 you say we we take turns? I thought this was just four people just going to be yelling over each other. Yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's the other debate. Oh, okay, sorry, my fault, my fault. I'm getting ahead of myself. It could still devolve into that. Let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we make no promises. <laughs> All right, I like it. It's going to be fun. So we're going to try to do this in a way that we can actually have some good quality debates without being overwhelming with the four of us. So we have a few different topics. Uh, that we've chosen. And for each of them, we're going to have uh, two people debating those sides. And then the two that aren't debating at the end of it, we'll be able to add a note or two if there's something, a big point that we've missed, but then also get to pick a winner. Uh, and uh, if Reeb does not win any of us, he continues to be unpaid. So a lot <laughs> on the line here in this podcast. Alex, why don't you go ahead and hit us with, oh no, actually, you know what? We'll get into the debates in a second. I'm excited. I'm really eager to get there. But another really cool thing happened in the National Football League. So let's hit that first, and then we'll get into the debates. We had the two top teams really kind of in the entire league, but specifically in the AFC, go head-to-head on Monday night. A lot of people picking the Ravens. The game obviously did not go the Ravens' way. The Chiefs take it 34-20. to What did you guys see in that game? Uh, I saw a lot of domination by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I mean, Mahomes just looked unstoppable in, in the first half. And really, throughout the game, the, the Ravens just had no answers for him. And he really hadn't looked that good the first two weeks. Like, he had made some ridiculous plays still, like that the throw he made last week to Tyreek Hill on, on the run. It uh, was, was insane. Uh, but for most of that game, the Chargers held him in check. Uh, but then this week, you just see the Chiefs turn it on, uh, and the Ravens 
like the Ravens, I was surprised by their how quickly they went away from the running game, especially on their first drive. They were they were running it right down the Chiefs' throat, um, and then they started to try to pass it, and the Chiefs uh, they they just had no answer for the pressure the Chiefs were bringing. They didn't they didn't allow Lamar to escape the pocket, and uh, the, the Ravens' receivers weren't weren't playing all that well, so that. They couldn't get the passing game going at all. Yeah, it was a pretty bad game for Lamar Jackson, I would say, overall. He missed a lot of throws. Uh, his usual reliable target of Mark Andrews had some uncharacteristic drops, I'd say, and they just weren't really able to get anything going. Yeah, but, I mean, he is a running back after all, kind of being a placeholder there, so. <laughs> What what can you expect? Yeah, you didn't see him like I, I thought there were some concerning things. There were quite a few times where like he didn't see the pressure coming, and he didn't. He he just needed to get rid of the ball because there was no place for him to escape. Normally, you know, he can outrun the pressure, but when it's just coming from both sides and there's just nowhere to go, it's. It's just, it felt like he was trying to prove too much. I mean, I know there's all the talk pregame of that Lamar Jackson is, you know, however many wins and three losses in the regular season and two of those losses are to the Chiefs. And so many people compare him and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, they're not similar quarterbacks, but just because they're young MVPs. Um, right. But, like, even that like, first drive where he had that weird uh, – uh, almost option shovel pass out of the back. I mean, I mean it worked then, but looking at the replay, it was inches away from. Uh, I don't remember who it was on the Chiefs that almost had it, but the guy almost knocked it back, and it could have just been an early turnover. And it just felt like Lamar was trying to do too much. Yeah, I mean, I really do like Lamar's mentality in general. Like, he's not afraid to admit that the Chiefs have kind of been. Uh, their weak point and they need to figure it out but it's not one where he's kind of scared of that challenge he's going to go after it he's going to do uh, everything that he thinks uh, it'll take to win that game so I definitely uh, just because they lost this one I wouldn't just completely lose all confidence for hopefully uh, in the postseason when they have a chance to to play again Uh, but definitely the Chiefs came out with a better game plan and I think you hit it on the head there Alex with the the, the Ravens uh, unwilling to really stick with their bread and butter, the thing that kind of makes them special, specifically on the offensive side of the football, just kind of wanting to get into, into a little bit more of a track meet. And it wasn't the highest scoring game of all time by any means, but they just were uh, unable to keep up uh, with that pressure. I think a big issue with, uh, with the Ravens is mostly that their bread and butter doesn't work when they're behind. And I think they're like they're really good at like running it down your throat once they get a lead, but they're not so great at coming back from these deficits because a big part of their game is like Lamar running it, uh, a lot of options, and it's just the system doesn't work too well when they're behind. Yeah, and it's definitely tough to get up on the Ravens, but uh, it, obviously a team like the Chiefs uh, can get up on you in a hurry. So. Uh, it's not, not going to work like as a blueprint for just any team to do it, but um, it's definitely a problem for them you know, going forward. And if they are ever to get over the Chiefs, which I'm pretty sure they'll have to do if they want to make the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, am I alone in thinking that the Chiefs would be just as good if Andy Reid just played quarterback himself? <laughs> 
I, that that's another thing I wanted to hit on because like the the Chiefs Andy Reid I feel like doesn't get enough credit I and he does get credit not of course everybody mentions Andy Reid but like some he of this, these plays are just absolutely ridiculous yeah. like the screen plays they have where you just you might even recognize that it's a screen but you still don't know is it going to the running back is it going to the tight end is it going to the fullback <laughs> like, that like weird underhand like bowl to the fullback. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just impossible to stop some of these plays. It's just uh, it's just so much fun, and he's just such a lovable just guy, and the personality that we get to see for him as a coach on the sideline, and just how he – also, he just enjoys letting his players play. He knows their strengths. He knows how to set them up and get them in space, and he allows Mahomes to do his crazy Mahomes things, and uh, it's, just, it's just so awesome, and I still cannot get over – is just the greatest thing that you could ever say after winning a championship is I'm going to get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> just top notch. Like, who wouldn't want to play for that guy? Like, people love to play for Belichick because they know they're going to have a great chance to win because he's going to work so hard and put him in a great space. Like, everybody wants to play for a guy like that, but not necessarily because, like, they love the guy. But, like, Andy Reid, I just feel like it would be so much fun to – to play for not that he's not hard not that he's not demanding a lot of different things but uh just oh gosh i'm in so andy Reid, if you need a backup quarterback i'm here i feel like you got to give some credit to the oc eric b enemy too i mean he's been there he's been there the whole time that andy Reid has right i would give him no credit just let the lions get him as a head I mean, coach he, next year please don't give him I'm any shocked. credit. <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't been the offensive coordinator the whole time i mean it was matt Nagy. Uh, oh that's right and then Doug Peterson before that. Um, so, I mean, they're, they've had a, had a lot of different good offensive coordinators with Andy Reid. Uh, but yeah. I, not that Eric Bieniemy shouldn't get credit. But no, It's one of those same sort of things. Like Matt Patricia looked like a pretty good defensive coordinator when he was the defensive coordinator <laughs> under Bill Belichick. <laughs> and suddenly his defenses don't look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we have seen some of those other guys, Doug Peterson, Matt Nag, both yeah. head, coach, head coaches. So, yeah, and, Doug Peterson. You know, these coaches learn from Andy Reid. And... Yeah. Um, good stuff. It was a fun game, and it's just awesome to have some of this great football. I mean, obviously, it sucks for the Texans, but to have just some of the great matchups of these young, incredible quarterbacks, we're excited to see uh, with Mahomes and Watson and Jackson all all battling each other in these first three weeks has uh, been something really, really cool to see. It, I know it's like football still is a little sloppy with the no preseason and trying to get into it. So again, it doesn't mean just because the chiefs beat the Ravens that the Ravens will have no chance in the end of the season, but uh, it definitely does show that the Ravens need to figure out a better way to attack the chiefs and the chiefs seem to have a better handle on what the Ravens want to do. But we love this good football, and there's a lot of great things happening around the league. And so, as we said before, we're going to get into some debates. We're going to get into some topics that you at home may be very opinionated. Uh, so feel free to tweet at us. Check out our website. Let us know what you think if you agree with uh, with any of us in particular. Of course, uh, I, I don't think there will be too many agreeing with our unpaid intern, but you never know. Maybe it will surprise us. Uh, Alex, you want to go ahead and uh, start us off with our first debate topic? Yeah, the first debate topic, uh, I think, uh, is going to be uh, me versus the unpaid intern. Uh, it's going to be uh, the b- bigger bust, uh, Josh Doxon or John Ross. 
Um, so uh, I think uh, Jen, you'll you'll be have to have to moderate this debate. So uh, I'm gonna yeah, up some stats here real quick. Yes, absolutely. I'm glad that uh, pre-show we didn't get any stats looked up. That's why we continue to be unpaid, but we're fine. Uh, so that, so that is great. So He's we'll like, start. Who is this John Ross guy? <laughs> so we'll start with you, Alex. Uh, we'll start with you. So which uh, side of the argument are you uh, arguing for? All right. Well, I think think the the choice is clear here. I mean, it's got to be Josh Doxson. I mean. Uh, uh, John Ross has at least had some moments in, in the NFL. He had a couple big games at the beginning of last year. Um, you know, his first year obviously was a huge disappointment with him not, not being out there at all and, you know, getting negative fantasy points. I, I get that's a, that's a big disappointment, but, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, Josh Doxson, you'd be better off him not being out there. I mean, cause throwing it his way is just, just a disaster. I mean, his tar- his his catch percentage is about fifty percent, um, and really, he, it it should be. Uh, he's lucky that it's even that high. Uh, he's he's played he played with Kirk Cousins for most of his career um, in Washington. So I mean, he he had opportunities. He had opportunities to be the number one receiver. The, the, the next year, I mean, uh, he uh, he he was given these opportunities on a silver platter, and then he just completely squanders them. All he can do is win jump balls. He can't get open on any other routes. I mean, this it was it, it was a disaster. It was better when like Ryan Grant would be out there and doing better than him. Uh, and but the the cherry on top is that after he finally got cut by the Redskins, uh, the, the, who are the uh, a former team from Washington, in case you guys don't know, um, uh, he, he goes to the Vikings, and he ends up getting cut by the Vikings in favor of Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> Another first-round pick. That, that's how bad he... Josh Doxson is that he lost his job to Laquan Treadwell, the guy who's drafted one spot later and is arguably <laughs> equal to his big bust. But oh my god, it's it's terrible. All right, that's a good that's a good start. Uh, <laughs> Reeb, what is what is your response and your argument for uh, John Ross there? Yeah, so if we're describing like what a bust is. I think you got to look at when the players were selected, how much they were available and how much they contributed to their team during the time that they were tried out. So John Ross was selected ninth overall. Ninth overall. Josh Doxson was picked 22nd overall. Yeah. John Ross, it's bad. Um, Looking up on Pro Football Reference, Josh Dyson has over a thousand yards receiving in his career. Do you know how much John Ross has? Uh, I exactly. do. Seven hundred and thirty-three. <laughs> You're on the same page as I am. Damn you, Alex. But yes, so Josh Dyson had two full years where he was available. That's crazy talk. Crazy talk. Uh, so you are annoyed that. Josh Dodson has about a 50% catch rate. Would you uh, like so to know? We're gonna look that up. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, would you like to know what John Ross's catch rate is in his best season? Uh, what is it, Reed? Arguably best season. It is 36%. <laughs> Obviously, these have continued to plague him. Um, in 2019, he did have a catch rate of 50%. Only got to play in eight games, though. As a matter of fact, he's only been able to play... There are the most games that he's started in a season is 10. Also, come on. His first play is a fumble. <laughs> and Marvin Lewis benches him for the year. It's been on record that Marvin Lewis didn't even want him as the draft pick. I don't know why Zach Taylor has decided to stick with him. It's really just like he's fast. He's fast. That's it. But he can't catch. And he can't stay healthy, which are two very important aspects of being a player in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. And you can argue that he is still on a team. He's still on the original team that drafted him. Um, But I do not believe that is going to last very long when he has people like T. Higgins and Alden Tate behind him. And you can say that Josh Dodson got beat out by Laquan Treadwell, who was bad. Well, John Ross is getting beat out by an undrafted free agent in Auden Tate. He's better than Laquan Trevor, but okay. Well, that's besides <laughs> the point, Alex. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Hmm. So, as I hear your arguments, it's kind of interesting. I think with a bust, it's kind of tough. It Like, making a bad draft pick doesn't make – somebody bust like drafting Anthony Bennett in the NBA first overall. Like you could say he was a bust cause he wasn't very good, but that was just a bad draft pick at that time. So like taking someone like John Ross, like ninth overall, I don't know if I classify, I don't know uh, if that draft positioning is as bad of a bust selection or more just a bad on the GM. It was a bad uh, pick. He should not have so, gone ninth overall. So that's why I'm saying like it's uh, like you're making a reach, so it's harder for it to be like a straight bust. Like obviously Greg Oden and stuff to call him a bust because of the injuries, but still that wasn't like a bad pick. You're just unfortunately didn't get Kevin Durant in that space. There's a few other. Uh, I'll I'll stick with the NFL for for this and uh, I know, but like what do you consider like EJ Manuel or Blake Bortles? Like they were picked high first round. They probably shouldn't have, but you'd still classify them as busts. Like Bortles did go to what an AFC Championship game, and uh, where is he now? I mean, EJ Manuel went like 16th overall. Most people didn't even think he was going to go in the first round. So, yeah, that so, one. I mean, he's still a bust because he didn't do anything. Yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of different examples. So I'm not saying it, it stops him from being a bust, but I, I also uh, it wasn't like a lock that just suddenly didn't show up and didn't play. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't necessarily give the 22nd or whatever it was to ninth as big of a difference as that may sound. Um, and that lacrosse, uh, the, the, uh, the treadwell piece there is a uh, really tough <laughs> because the Vikings <laughs> did not like him. <laughs> the Vikings did not. And they actively showed how much they didn't want him on they, the team. They cut him the year earlier. And, and then they brought in Josh Dawson, and they still came back and beat out Josh Dawson. Like that is tough. And the thing is with Ross, like you still have seen flashes where, like, and he had those couple games where it's like, man, he is fast. 
and there's things that he could do and, th- and that's going to keep giving him chances. So w- like with that hope, um, and, and Burrow seeing- threw for 61 times and didn't target Ross. Well, I think he targeted him twice, but Ross had zero catches out of 61 passes out of two attempts to him. It's not, I mean, it's not his fault if his quarterback won't throw in the ball. It's because he's not looking for the ball. He doesn't get that around. <laughs> uh, he gives I, up. I I will say you did make a pretty good argument, Reed, but I am actually going to have to go with Alex and say. I mean, I figured I'm not going to win anything. <laughs> <laughs> Once you said, oh, you'll get paid if you win. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not gonna win. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you your honest deal. I'll give you your honest deal. I, it's, it's that Ross had, what was it, three awesome games. They just kind of give hope. He's still playing on the team, and Duxon has just been just nothing. Dawson had that crazy catch against the Seahawks that got Washington to beat the Seahawks. He had okay. He had one catch. That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> uh, the fact that I would choose uh, the, the fact that I choose like if you gave me a pick between what player do I want, what I want on the Lions, I choose Ross. Um, do you want him? <laughs> I mean, Mar- Marvin Jones has worked out great for us. Give us uh, who's your left tackle again? Uh, Taylor absolutely Decker. not. Give us Taylor Decker. You can <laughs> as far away from him as you possibly can. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to give the nod to Alex on this one. Uh, Screwballs, do you agree or disagree with not rolling? I agree. All right, passionate response. All right, we're good. First one slightly goes to Alex. Good job. All right, what is our next topic? All right, our next topic is uh, who is the best receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Okay. Ooh. And, I and I believe this Alex? is true. Yes, you are. Okay. All right. We'll allow the Hold unpaid intern to be the moderator. All right. All right, so, Drew, Deont- you will start. What is your argument as you're starting it already? Deontay Johnson is clearly the most skilled player on the Steelers offense right now. I think he's more dynamic. I think he's a has better hands. I think the only strength Juju has over him is that he's bigger, and that's about it. I think Deontay Johnson is better on kick returns, although he did fumble one earlier. He also had like a touchdown one, but I got called back for something stupid. Um, I think he has more potential going forward. I think... Juju is a great receiver. I think he's like a solid like eight out of ten receiver. I think I don't think he gets much better than that. I don't think he gets much worse than that. I think maybe you could argue Juju is like better right now, but I think like by the end of the year, Deontay Johnson will be clearly a better receiver. He can make people miss better. He's better in open space. Juju doesn't really have like incredible moves. He's like strong and big, but I think that's the only thing Juju has going for him. I have seen a lot of comparisons with Deontay Johnson and one Antonio Brown. They're very similar. They have, they're they're very shifty. That's what they both are. They're like like they have good hands and they're shifty. AB is like so good on the sideline. Interesting. I, I don't think crazy I, good I route running. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Deontay Johnson's route running is nearly as good, but I think his I think he has just as good skills in open space, and he's only like a sophomore. And he's killing it. So, whatever happened to James Washington? Is he still on the team? He is still on the team. He, he didn't is. play he last week because uh, Deontay got a concussion in the beginning of the last game. And I have Deontay in every one of my fantasy teams. And uh, 
that didn't go so well for me last week because he got point eight <laughs> points and then got a concussion. So we're just gonna ignore yes. that. But it's quite I'll turn it over to Alex to give his. All right. Well, you know, all this like potential stuff is is great, but uh, I mean, who actually shows up on game day and you know gets the gets the yards? Uh, Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, this guy is a slot receiver, pretty most for for the most part. Uh, but he yet he has a better yards per reception than Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson has eleven point four. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster thirteen point four uh, over over their respective careers. Uh, Juju already has three touchdowns this year uh, to Deontay Johnson's one. He's been Ben's favorite target. Uh, you know, Deontay Johnson's gotten a lot of targets while he's been in there, but there's been some, uh, he, he hasn't been, you know, as converted those targets as, as heavily. He's actually, he's gotten more targets. He's been targeted 25 times, but only caught 14 of them. Who has? Juju has uh, been targeted 19 times and caught 17 of them. Um, Juju has had a 1,400-yard season when Antonio Brown's still on the team. Uh, he's... I would argue Antonio sure, Brown made that easier for Juju, though. Having getting double teams all the time makes it a lot easier for Juju to get a higher yard season. Of course, and of course it and does. Deontay but... hasn't had had two had Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph last year, and he still did well. I think. I mean, and Juju was out for like most of the year last year, but I mean, if you're going to compare like yards per catch like over still... the. He still like, wasn't even the Steelers' like, leading receiver last year. Jo- James Washington was. But Deontay Johnson didn't play like the first four games, and he didn't start because Tomlin wanted. To, he yeah, didn't, well, he, Juju was was gone for for most of the season, uh, and then going starting off this year, he immediately scores two touchdowns in the first game. I mean, this guy is a guy who does nothing but produce. Deontay Johnson has ton of talent. He uh, he's he's a great route runner. Um, he's, he's dropped a couple key passes this year. Um, and I mean, it's, it's great that he has this talent and I think he is a more talented receiver than Juju, but Juju is the one, one producing. I think, and that's, uh, ultimately more important to me. I think Juju's I'd rather have a guy who, uh, scores points than uh, a guy who, uh, just gets open and uh, doesn't do anything. I mean, I think, I don't think Deontay Johnson, like, gets open doesn't do anything i think he does really well once he gets the ball i think he's better in like space than juju is by a lot i think i i i could i could give you the the argument that juju is currently better just because i think he's had more experience in the league and he's had more time to grow i think i think by the end of this year deontay would right, be Drew, Drew, Drew admits i'm right i said cool. i could i'm not saying i did <laughs> so i could see it but if if I had, if like one of them had to get injured this year, I'd rather see Juju hurt than Deontay. I think, I think Deontay is more like. Johnson is on more of your no, it's because <laughs> I think Deontay has more big play potential than Juju does currently. And then Juju's like one touchdown, this like one of his three touchdowns uh, this year was like a wide open one that was just like a complete lack in the defense and no one was in like 20 yards of him. Which one has, which one of them has scored a 97 yard touchdown? Uh, Juju. Oh, got him. <laughs> I think Deontay is like an eighty because he returned a punt though against the Cardinals. Hey, what's What's year. more, ninety seven or? Right, that is true. But <laughs> if we're talking big plays, I I think 
I think it's fair to say they both have potential, but Juju, Juju has had a lot of big plays in his young career. I will say that, like, yeah. kind of a crazy amount. Yeah. There is right, also yeah, one. You decide. Yes, I was going to say there's one aspect that the Juju is on just. My side, or on... This is <laughs> there is one area where Juju is just head and shoulders above Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson really needs to work on this. It's very important. It is the touchdown celebrations. Oh, Juju are always together. Well, I don't watch every Steelers game, but <laughs> Juju's are usually pretty creative. I usually hate them. Which probably means the good. Was, uh, was the best touch on so Yeah, I did not appreciate the uh, mock headlock that uh, AJ Green did to Jan- uh, to Ramsey, but what you think about the celebration on uh, Vontez Perfect Juju had though? Oh, uh, it was that. That's right. I think he had one <laughs> celebration where he made fun of AJ Green choke holding, and uh, then one where he stood over Burke. Yeah, that was great. And at that point, I really wanted Juju's kneecaps to just explode. But (laughs) now that we're years past that, Vontez Perfect is no longer on the Bengals. There's not a ton of hate between the Bengals and the Steelers. Well, there is, but not not as much. Until you break Joe Burrow, then I will never forgive the Steelers. I think TJ Um, and Bud Dupree might actually murder him. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Fred Johnson is just the two leading. uh, players that have hits on quarterback are J.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. One and two. J.J. or T.J.? Just, just throwing that out there. No, sorry, T.J. So is the debate who is the best receiver now or who is going to be the best receiver? We really should have clarified that before. <laughs> <the debate. laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. You're the moderator, so uh, you, you get to choose. I mean, by most metrics, I can't just go off of potential for Deontay Johnson. I do think he has a bright future ahead of him. But, I mean, I got to agree with Alex that just in terms of production, Juju's always been there. And we just haven't seen that yet from Deontay Johnson. I mean, that's no fault of his own. He's only a second-year player. But I don't know. It's like me saying that T. Higgins is the best receiver on the Bengals. I mean, I've talked to Alex like he earlier problem, here and he said but... that Deontay is going to be a better... No, said... re... What? This this seems like it should should be inadmissible here. <laughs> Confidence off the record. Well, we all know the actual correct answer to this debate is the best receiver on the Steelers goes to their coaching staff or GM or whoever the heck keeps finding all these guys. Whoever's picking these guys has all the wide receiver power. That's that's really what matters. If they leave the Steelers, then probably won't catch a pass. So honestly you could argue Claypool for potential as well, even though he pushes off on all the catches and I gotta get that off my chest. He pushes off so much. He what? All right. right, Do I win? I think Alex wins this second debate as well. Good job, Juju Smith-Schuster. Nice. I, I actually do think Deontay Johnson is the better receiver. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've got the point. Deontay's actually pretty crazy. Like, like, he had some moves in some of the games this year that are just like, what the fuck? He just makes so many people miss. You should, prob- you should probably use those arguments during the debate, Drew, but it is uh, <laughs> it's over, unfortunately. But, I mean, That's okay. You have some great water receivers. 
Uh, what's our next one, Alex? All right. Um, do the dr- Jets draft Trevor Lawrence? Um, so I think this one was Reeb versus somebody. Was it me again? I think it was you. I'm, okay. and I'm not very opinionated on this. So, Drew, you okay. got to be the moderator for this I, one. I you can moderate. I have no opinion on this because I don't watch college football at all. <laughs> I will do it. That's great. No, you're, you're, you're neutral. That's, that's good. You right, will just um, have to listen to our arguments and trust that we are telling you the truth. Right. So <laughs> after the sad loss of Chad Pennington on the Jets, the Jets have been longing for a consistent quarterback to play on their team. And they thought they had it draft in Sam Darnold a few years ago. And Wait, ever are, since are, you, started, are you arguing or are you? No, are you just set, I'm, just set, I'm just setting up the question. All right. Let me set it okay. up. Okay. All right. All right. So, Sorry. My bad. Had... Since then, Sam Darnold has had a hard time progressing as a quarterback. Now that now that the Jets have a draft pick looking like to be number one or two, do you think that they should draft Trevor Lawrence? I'll send it to Reeb first. So I am in the position that I believe that they should because – I mean, when you're looking across the league, the Jets are probably the biggest dumpster fire right now. They have not looked competitive in any of the three games to start out. Um, There's just been rumblings all over the place about players not being happy with Adam Gase, with, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Is it really a hamstring issue? And then Adam Gase plays him, even though he has the hamstring issue. There's just a lot of negative press going on with this team. And it's been that way for a while. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected the Adam Gase experiment to work out, but it's gone about as poorly as it could have gone. And there's a solid chance this dude is fired tomorrow after the Broncos beat them. But I think when you bring in a new coach and um, is it a new GM? I mean, who's their GM? Is it Adam Gase? Is he making the decisions? I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, when you're bringing in a new coach, you usually you want to do kind of a cultural reset. And I think a lot of the times these coaches come in and they want to get their guy. And I think every GM in the league, every coach in the league would love to have Trevor Lawrence. So if it's looking likely that they're going to have the number one pick, I think you can shop Sam Darnold, get more picks, and then you know, get Trevor Lawrence with number one and then just build a team around him. I mean, there's already been, it's a very loose rumor, but um, the person that was talked about previously, Juju Smith-Schuster said he loves Sam Darnold and he'd love to have him in Pittsburgh. So you got to think how many years does Big Ben have left? Maybe the Steelers try to make a play for Sam Darnold and then give their picks to the Jets. I would not. (laughs) <laughs> because I think it's not I'm not saying Sam Darnold is a bad quarterback even though he apparently sees ghosts which is not a great sign for quarterbacks I just think the Jets need a reset I think Sam Darnold is fine but I think it's just in the best interest to split it up give Sam Darnold a fresh start so he's not you know destroyed by um, Adam Gase and whoever they had before him. I don't remember. Todd Bowles. 
Yeah. So he's gone through different OCs in his first couple of years, and we know that's not the best thing for a young quarterback to just constantly having to be taught different playbooks. So I really just, I think it's best to do a restart and try to, you know, get as much draft capital as you can. If you already got the number one pick, I mean, you might as well build around what, who people are calling the next Peyton Manning. I mean, he's about as surefire of a starting quarterback as you're ever going to find in the NFL draft. All right, that that's all fine, Reeb. I mean, yes, uh, Trevor Lawrence is a great prospect. Uh, you know who else is a great prospect? Sam Darnold. Everybody was super excited about Sam Darnold when he was entered the NFL draft, and he didn't go like he, Baker got picked over. Yeah, that was. Just, but he was everybody. All the draft people had him as their top quarterback. It, it was the Browns decided to go Baker at like the last minute. Like nobody knew the Baker. Were, that was going to go first until like the day the day of the draft it started coming out. The Browns with a bad draft pick, imagine that. Um, and I mean, look at look at the other quarterbacks who were in Sam Darnold's draft class: Baker Mayfield, Josh Lamar Allen, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, we'll just forget about Josh Rosen. Say Josh Rosen doesn't really count. Um, but but for those other guys, they, their teams have set them up. Uh, you know, with with players around them that can to bring out the best of them. Like Baker Mayfield had that great rookie year. Now this year, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski is setting him up with this system. With <laughs> We're going to ignore, back ignore action. <laughs> well, yeah, but we're saying by the third year, you got to have some, you got to give this guy something like uh, Lamar Jackson has been, in an offense that it's specifically tailored to him. I mean, it's built completely around his skill set. Um, Josh Allen was given Stephon Diggs, John Brown, this, this great group of receivers uh, with the, with the, an offense that's built around him as well. Um, but uh, Sam Darnold doesn't have anything. I mean, his top receivers right now are yeah, who's <laughs> on IR and, Washed up anyway, <laughs> and he I mean, that <laughs> that's what's important. And he's behind a terrible offensive line. Mackay Becton has finally been a pretty good left tackle. Uh, looks like he's going to be good, but still not a good offensive line. Uh, and it's been terrible previous to this. So, I right, I mean, you got to give your quarterback a chance, and if you got a guy who there who has that potential to be. Uh, you know, everything that Trevor Lawrence can be. I, I don't see why Sam Darnold doesn't have that same potential as, as Trevor Lawrence. So why not stick with the guy you got and trade that first overall pick? You're going to get more for the first overall pick than you would for Sam Darnold. So trade that away and, uh, and, and get Sam Darnold some actual pieces to work with here. Reeb, do you have a rebuttal? But if you're so sure about Trevor Lawrence and you're not sure about Sam Darnold, how, why, how can you be so? Why, how can you say that you're so sure about Trevor Lawrence when you, you you probably said the same thing about Sam Darnold a few years ago when you drafted him? I mean, to be honest, I've never really been a huge fan of Sam Darnold. I don't really like many Pac-12 quarterbacks, to be honest. But 
I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is just so much better than Sam Darnold. To be perfectly right. honest with you. All right. But also, like, there's a culture of losing in the Jets organization right now. It's the same thing that's going on with the Bengals. And it's so hard to change that unless you bring in new blood. Or you can just change your name to the Like, players. honestly. Bring in a new coach. Bring in other players around Sam Darnold. All right, you guys have made your arguments. Uh, screw. Who are you going with? Should they draft or not draft? Alex is using statistics and evidence, and I don't like that. Shit, and he keeps winning debates. So I'm going to give this one to Freeb because <laughs> he deserves hey. it through his storytelling, I guess. Reeb, you win. <laughs> if the Bengals aren't going to win, I'm I now... at least Reeb will. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Now that means uh, like you have to get paid, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're still in the negatives on this. <laughs> you get paid yeah, once, Reeb but you got to pay back twice. Reeb doesn't get paid. I barely get paid. It's just got to gotta stick with your with your people, you know? It is what it is. Times are tough out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, Alex, uh, well argued. Uh, and that is a great point that the Jets just have nothing. So, I mean, you could throw anybody out there. Like, how good could Pat Mahomes look with the Jets? Probably pretty good, but they'd still win, like, four <laughs> games. Like, uh, that seems pretty rough. But, yeah, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is the, the way to go. But we'll see how this um, this weird little college football year goes. Anyways, good argument. Uh, what is our next one, Alex? All right, this one I think is going to be uh, Jim versus Reeve here, uh, and it's going to be uh, should we uh, stick with the onside kick rule or should we uh, change it to be a, a fourth and 15 that uh, teams can opt to go for? All right, I'll let the reigning champ uh, of an argument go first. Okay. All right. Reeve, go ahead. All right, well – what do we all want onside kicks to be? Exciting, right? Can shift the dynamic of a game. And I just don't, I don't think you're getting that now with the current onside kick. You know, they've changed it because they don't want people to succeed as much. You know, they don't let you load up one side. Um, there's other rules. I don't. I don't know all of them though. But the main thing, <laughs> the, the side thing, you can't have more than like four people on a side, um, and it only really happens if the team is dumb, like the Falcons, and doesn't know that they can touch the ball, or ironically enough, if you have the Falcons kicker. Other than that, you're really you don't have a shot to get the onside kick, and it's really just a formality. If you go to the 4th and 15, it's still unlikely that you're going to get it. But at least you feel like you have a shot. You know, you feel like it's more so in your game planning and your scheme and what play you can draw up versus how is the ball going to bounce. And it's still just as risky because it starts on what? The, your own, what is it? What's the proposal? Is it on your own 30 or 35? 25, I believe. 25. So if you don't get it, you're setting up a pretty much near red zone opportunity for the other team. So it's just as risky, but it just feels way more exciting and entertaining than let's kick this ball and see if it goes 10 yards and bounces in our favor. 
mean, think about how many cool plays you could see drawn up just out of desperation of we got to get this ball 15 yards to turn the game to our our side. I rest my case. All right. I'm excited to win. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, as we as we know, we we want the refs to have zero, uh, as close to zero uh, decision making in terms of uh, determining a winner or a loser. So, if you're going to a fourth and fifteen play, you're going to see a lot of different passing plays with the ball being pushed down the field. Do you want to see a, a pass interference be the reason that the opposing team keeps the ball? Do you want to see a, a defensive holding a five yard penalty? It already happens that they could start not not after they score a touchdown. And then they get to just get another uh, defensive PI or holding, uh, and then get to keep the ball. You just want to have penalties. Be that there would be nothing worse than that. The team scores a touchdown on you. You're still up five. You still feel good. And then oh man, holding on number thirty-two in the defense, five-yard penalty, automatic first down. And then the team has the ball. They're driving on the field like thirty-two on purpose. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> going to happen every single time, and without a doubt. Uh, and so you're just going to see an uptick in penalties is going to be a bigger reason for people keeping the ball uh, than the chance of a kick. And I do agree they shifted some of the rules. I still wish that they were able to kind of pile up and make it more of a, a really like a play rather than that. And that's kind of what we're arguing. I wouldn't mind shifting the current onside kick rules, but I want to keep it a special teams play. Like there are three phases to football. We so frequently shift it to a play that's not. I mean, it is when you overload a side and you're how they're able to run up and actually have some like momentum behind it. Like they're actually sets up, they they're setting up uh, for how they want to attack that ball. Uh, and so they, they are going for that and they, and now they are limited even more so by the rules, but I would still want to keep it a kicking thing. I'm not saying it's perfect as is, but I love keeping it because there are three phases of football uh, and special teams is one of those phases and should be a crucial part of the game opposed to just kind of relegating it completely. Uh, but then the other thing is too, like it, I know it's rare, but there are such things as surprise onside kicks. So we're just going to take that out of the game. There's, there's no more surprises. You can't have any of those. I mean, random I'm pretty kicks. sure you could still do that. Like, I don't think it has to be a play. I'm sure you could still do a surprise onside kick. Well, I could still line up for an onside kick or go for a fourth and 15. We're just going to kind of give like two options on that, which is a whole different argument. So we're not even going to get into that because then that's a tie and we don't want to be the Bengals. Boom, roasted. Uh, <laughs> and so like having still that surprise or again, just thinking it'd be just so weird. Uh, I mean, it's still a crazy far distance, but uh, the fact that again, say your team's up nine, the opposing team scores, they're now down uh, two because uh, they just took the extra point. And then now instead of having to go for an onside kick to get the ball back, they can just do a, like a fourth and 15 lateral type play trying to, trying to score. It, it I would insane. say, I would uh, say the chiefs could probably go an entire game without giving the ball to the other that team. Was my next point is you have a team like the chiefs and why would they ever kick off again? Like they have a better chance of just picking up a fourth and 15 than they would keeping the ball. I'm pretty sure the rule stated that you could only do it twice in a game. You that's could only weird. line up fourth and fifteen twice. You're only allowed to pass the ball twice in the game. Like that's just silly. No, you, you, they should be able to do it freely if you're willing to take the risk. But honestly, I mean, if I'm my team, we're just gonna unset, We're just gonna go for it. We're spending all our money on offense. We're just gonna go for it on fourth downs, and we're gonna have no defensive players. Uh, it just it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's one of the phases. 
we've already seen in this year another debate that's going to come back up. Well, we've seen major comebacks happen in this football season already. Uh, we don't need to help these offenses out. And again, it, it credit to their special teams to bring it back. Uh, and we've seen major comebacks. It's not like, oh, somebody has a 10-point lead. The game's over. Tell that to any Falcons fan. They don't feel safe. Uh, so it's just one of those things where I don't think it's necessary to change that rule uh, for for this benefit. Again, penalties, no surprises. You get the Chiefs. You get all this kind of weird thing. And, I mean, the kickers are in the game for a reason. Special teams players are in the game for a reason. Uh, and that's bad coaching on the the Falcons to not be prepared to grab the ball early. Like that's a That's a part of the game. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, two losses to Reeb on this one because he just got destroyed. Because uh, this, I don't think that was even close. Reeb, just, right. just, just, <laughs> just, just, just picture this. Joe Burrow plays the game of his life against the Chiefs and it's like throws like six touchdowns and you're up 21 with like four minutes Alex, left. It's already and, so unbelievable. I can't. <laughs> and you're like so happy. You're like, oh my God, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Reeve comes in the basement. Patrick Mahomes goes down. Yeah. Reeve just comes to the basement. Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and then Patrick Mahomes drives down, scores in like a minute. They go for it on fourth and 15, go down, scores in like another minute. And then does it again, uh, and they're up, and then they're tied with like two minutes left. Alex, I feel <laughs> like you set me up with this argument of like I'm going to bring up this debate topic, make Reed <laughs> choose this one side, even though I clearly believe this other side, and then I'll moderate. <laughs> sure, I gave you the option of which side you guys want to take. But, they put Trevor but, yeah. on the uh, debates. Moderator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Reed, you're not winless today, which is actually a good thing. You're doing you're doing well. And you've been in the most most debates, so good on you. I know. I feel like a gauntlet right now. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting the Joe Burrow experience where you're going every time you can, but you're getting pummeled. Like you just gotta get back up. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I think we have uh, one more, if I'm not mistaken there, Alex. Yes. Uh, it is uh, me versus you. Uh, oh. And it is, would you rather be uh, up 17 to the Bears or down 17 to the Falcons? Oh, my. In the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely. In the fourth quarter. And you know what? <laughs> I, 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 I pulled a reeve on this one, but I'm going to go all heart on this. Uh, no, no info. So I am <laughs> arguing that I would – I would much rather be up 17 against the Bears. And, yes, I'm a Lions fan. Yes, I do remember, even though as much as I've tried to block it out of my memory, we were up 17 going into the fourth quarter and somehow managed to take a loss to a guy named Mitch Trubisky who got benched for his undefeated team. That's got to be a record. Who knows? Good job by MVP Mitch there for, for making that happen. Uh, but I would rather be in the position where I'm winning, which means I felt good the whole game. You know, I'm having a great, great time with that. I haven't been frustrated and still have a good, uh, good thing. You still have hope alive. We even still had a chance, uh, a pretty great drive to win the game. We still is in our second round rookies, uh, DeAndre Swift's hands to win the game. Like you still have so many opportunities with that big lead. You have to be a team like the Lions uh, to blow that sucker. So I would much rather be in that position you get kind of fun because it's also like typically we used to have a guy named big play slay that when we were in that position the other team's forced to do a bunch of throws and somehow he gets an awesome interception and we like win 
So those times are, you know, that's that's fun. That's fun football. Like I said, you've been winning the whole game. You've been enjoying it. You're looking forward to that closing it out. Uh, the other team has to score two very quick touchdowns for you to start uh, doubting your team. And then when they score the third touchdown and you're like, okay, that's not fun. But you still have that drive to win the game. You still have the drive to win the game. Uh, whether or not you you do it or not, that doesn't matter. Who cares about actually winning? I'd rather be up 17 on the Bears. Well, that's all all fine and good, Jack. But, I mean, they, we, we, we've had this situation twice for both of these teams now. The Bears have been down 17 twice in the fourth quarter this year, and they've won both games. And the Falcons have been up 17 twice in the fourth quarter, and they've lost both games. So, I mean, I, I just look in at the statistics, and they show 100% definitively that uh, it's better to be down to the Falcons. So that's how statistics work. Uh, trust me, I'm a data scientist. <laughs> Completely <laughs> objective. You cannot argue this, Jack. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, uh, and and let's let's be honest. Like, what's more fun to have, you know, this huge comeback, or you know, being worried that Mitch Trubisky could make you look stupid uh, after you're up 17 points, Dad? Um, I mean, the the Falcons. You know, you don't have to worry about it. Your team. You just have to worry that the Falcons are going to blow this and your team looks like a hero. You're like, wow, we just came back from 17 points down. You're like, you like that? That's that's <laughs> when you get those type of moments there. When you're up 17 Bears, it's like, all right, now we're worried. We're going to blow this game. You have to look like the Falcons. Your coach is going to get fired. Uh, your team is in shambles and – you're scrambling when you're down 17, the Falcons, there is no pressure. You can just go out there, pass it. Uh, apparently there's this fourth and 15 rule. So it's easy to just keep getting the ball <laughs> over and over again. Um, so, so it's an easy comeback Falcons. You know, the Falcons aren't going to hang on to the lead. Dan Quinn loves to give up leads, practically giving them away. Uh, so obviously you'd rather be down uh, 17 to the Falcons. I would rather enjoy most of the game and then absolutely watch Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles or whoever Jay Cutler comes back for the Bears loses their streak. I'm more confident that the Falcons will continue their streak uh, than the Bears would of beating teams in that position. So uh, I feel all right with my side. Reeb doesn't know what it's like to be up 17 points against an opposing team. So I think it's unfair (laughs) to be the moderator for this one. The last time that I remember being that like far up on a team was oh god like three years ago where we were up like twenty eight to nothing against the Ravens where like AJ Green scored three touchdowns in the first half and I was like we're gonna lose we're gonna lose this game <laughs> it came down to like a field goal <laughs> and I was just a nervous wreck the entire time and I hated it I hate winning I hate losing I hate it all. <laughs> Exactly, and that's why you don't want to be up 17 and be a nervous wreck. You'd rather be down and hope for the comeback. Am I the moderate? Am I deciding here? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, see, I feel bad because I've said all this, but in terms of like the teams, I have zero faith in the Bears' offense. I don't know how the hell they've come made these comebacks. <laughs> like it, it just it does not seem reasonable that this would continue yeah like jack said i completely agree that the falcons are gonna keep blowing these leads but i don't think (laughs) the 
Bears are going to keep coming from behind and winning. Like I don't. How are they three and zero? They're not a three and zero team. They benched their starting quarterback. <laughs> they beat the Lions because our one of our best defensive players headbutted a ref gently, and then uh, our demonstrating every, what every, happened to him. Every person in our Very secondary cool. pulled their hamstring uh, severely, so we just ran out of bodies to chase receivers. That's the only reason they were able to score. Yeah, all right, fine. If you guys want to be all logical, fine. Uh, you can be up 17 to the Bears, fine. Whatever. Well, <laughs> I don't know if the football team can score 17 points, but maybe one day. Yeah, zero chance that the football team could come back from down 17 to <laughs> anybody. <laughs> can be to my youth football team, and they still wouldn't be able to score 17 points. <laughs> <laughs> still couldn't read that defense <laughs> oh my gosh it is fun we love football we love debating things it's a good time oh wait and we have uh, one quick bonus one um, Should uh, Drew uh, it's you versus Jemp uh, rewinds or no rewinds oh <laughs> <laughs> rewinds obviously because why would you not want to rewind it adds it makes the game longer, more interesting. You can <laughs> go for plays more, knowing that you, like, if you mess up bad, you can come back. And every game is better when the stakes are lower. Don't you know that? Like, it's just more fun when you're not playing for anything important because you can just undo it instantly. Like, I just don't, uh, even, I don't even see the side of it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, Alex, imagine the football team's offense having having rewinds, so you can watch them miss throws and then rewind. <laughs> That'd be so oh, much fun. Is that the nightmare of that? And plus, you have to listen to someone the entire ta- entire time tell you to use your rewinds. I must <laughs> not have to worry about that. Just live with whatever happens. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. No, sorry. Yes. Malcolm Butler. <laughs> Malcolm Butler picks it off at the one yard line. <laughs> you know? Just like, that would just make it rewind. so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go to with the champ here. You were, you, were, you were really close. What? <laughs> you were really close, Drew, but. Uh, I didn't even want to say Sorry. Point. Sorry. Okay. It's a good argument. <laughs> what about unlimited rewinds? Well, I somehow won four debates and three debates, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I'm undefeated. Oh, man, this has been a, a wonderful show. We enjoy – there you go. You have a top two defense, man. You're feeling good. Uh, this has been a fun show for, for the unpaid intern, almost got paid intern, Reeb, the freaking beast himself, Alex – and screwballs my name is 32 and it has been a fun time to debate these things and you know what let's make it uncomfortable make it uncomfortable to beat every day man his spirit i find it hard to be matched toughness enthusiasm